punctuates it, and he creates his own offensive chance with that motor. Krejci to Coyle, and the Leafs are moved again! Welcome to the Nesson Bruins Podcast on Nesson.com. Mike Cole joined, as always, by Logan, Mull- Logan Mullen. Wow, we're off to a great start. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> two, two minutes to nine, and you're already on glue. Well, you know, uh, Logan Mullen is a tough name, as I'm sure you've noticed your entire life. Yeah, I've, I've gotten that a lot. Uh, how are you, Logan? I'm, I'm fine, you know. Hanging cool. on. Yeah, it's hockey time. Well, I mean, it already has been hockey time, but it's re- real hockey time now. As uh, the Bruins will happily admit to you, it's real hockey time. It's weird because, like, uh, I was talking to my wife about this last night, like, it feels like the season should be over, not just with the Bruins, but like now, like, and I feel like this way with the NBA and the NHL, where it's the these playing or whatever, these qualifiers, whatever you want to call them in each each league, feels like that's been the actual playoffs. It's so yeah. weird to realize that we still have six weeks of the actual actual playoffs ahead of us, which must be, by the way, incredibly daunting for players in the bubble to realize we're just getting started here yeah if we're exhausted by it already i can't even imagine how they are it, it is weird i haven't felt that way about the nba but with the nhl i watched not i mean not necessarily the round robin but a lot of those qualifying not like blue jackets leafs like i watched that and it felt like the eastern conference final right Maybe not in terms of quality of play but you know still it, it the intensity and the whatnot certainly felt like it was deep in the postseason uh all right well a quick we're, we're what are we two week and a half into this two weeks into to this entire experiment yeah a week and a couple days i want to start there let's start there how okay. just from a hockey standpoint obviously we're going to get to the bruins hurricanes uh preview at some point that is that's what we're going to dominate our discussion today but uh what have you thought of just this entire Stanley Cup playoffs thing? Has it felt normal? Has it looked normal? Uh, sound normal? It's looked more normal than I thought it would. Like, I thought I would be really put off. And I think we talked about this last week. I thought I'd be really put off by the lack of fans. I think they did a good job in making the arenas look natural enough given the circumstances. I think the quality of play has been fine. Like a lot of guys have bemoaned the ice conditions, which I think everybody was expecting. You notice the drop off in play a little bit, especially as you get further down, um, you know, or further into the period. But I don't know. I've been pleasantly surprised with it. I have my expectations relatively tempered, but like we haven't really seen injuries that seem like the product of guys not playing in a long time or because of the ice conditions that we know of at least. And some of the results, as we expected, were weird. You know, both five seeds lost to the 12 seeds. But again, another thing, I think we were prepared for some weird stuff to happen. I don't know. I feel like my expectations have been exceeded in large part because they were relatively tempered in the first place. So, you know, I, I've had very few gripes with the overall thing. Yeah, I I just – I, it's looked good. It's, it's, the play has been good. I still can't wrap my head around it, which is more of a me problem, I think, than the NHL. And maybe that will change starting tonight. 8 p.m. when the Bruins actually play what looks like an actual playoff game. Um, I just 
the sound I think is a big thing for me. I miss the the momentum swings that come with having an actual crowd there and you can't that cannot be replicated by even the best most advanced crowd noise yeah um, and it seems like they backed off of the crowd noise a little bit sure yeah and that's the weird thing and i think that kind of will and i granted i've watched the games i've paid most attention to have been the bruins games which are the games that don't mean as much and you do when you you know that the carol or excuse me the uh uh, Columbus Toronto series is a good example of like what it can be when both teams give a damn meter is at a 10, like, you know, overtime goals, you know, flooding the ice with the team. Like it feels, that's what I'm looking for. Right. Like, cause I yeah. want, I want a team to score and to act like they scored a goal. Like right. you didn't get that. I don't think. And on some of the round Robin games, even some of the early play in, or, uh, qualifier games where I think guys are still kind of like I don't know what to do and that to me is like an indication that they're not totally into it yet and mm -hmm. I do think they're there you know we talked about this last week there was a pretty sizable gulf and gulf of difference between the round robin games and the actual qualifier games in terms of energy and uh emotion and stuff like that so I do wonder how much of that is the style the the, the type of game the round robin versus a qualifier and how much of that is Maybe some teams are just more engaged than others, and I think maybe that's a question when you talk about the Bruins, right? Is, maybe, yeah. You know? Well, and I, I'll add real quick. I thought I watched the end of Game Four between the Leafs and Blue Jackets to continue with that, where uh, Toronto erased the three-goal deficit. And you know, I watched that and thought it felt like a playoff game. Like the sound was definitely a little different, you know, as they're mounting this comeback, but. It, still, I watched that, and it felt like I was watching a playoff game. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, the yeah. energy level was high enough. So, I think maybe it just comes with a level of game. Like, maybe I've just been watching too much of the round robin. I mean, even the Bruins-Capitals game was relatively uninspiring, I guess. But I thought that Bruins-Lightning game, even without crowd, even with that game meaning relatively nothing, I thought that that had a good bit of energy. And so I really think a lot of it is predicated on the energy of the game. And, you know, I get that players sometimes have to create that by themselves. Now, a lot of them talked about how the Tory Krug fight with uh, Blake Coleman did go a long way in terms of building up some of that energy, because it probably feels way different for them in the arena than it does in terms of the viewing experience. That's what that's I'm saying. Like, that. yeah, like that's what I think is the biggest thing is, and that's where I think you get like, score a goal and kind of it's like a half-hearted celebration just right. because it feels like you scored a goal in practice I so that's I wonder how that'll kind of evolve as this goes on um I was gonna make a point off of your point oh uh Wednesday afternoon four o'clock games I still think is kind of weird too like that's I think has gotten in my way of it and we're gonna still get that for the yeah half of this round uh yeah. but from our viewing standpoint regarding the Bruins, it's 8 p.m. all the way through except for Saturday. So, yeah. Which, by the way, going to be an issue at some point. Hold on to your butts. Late nights are coming because there's going to be a time where, uh, was it the Lightning series is precedes the Bruins ones for every yeah. one of those games is going to go to double overtime. The Bruins won't start till 10, and then the Bruins will go to double overtime. Like, that's coming at some point. And yeah. that's the problem. You're like, oh, these are really late nights. Uh, but that's getting a little ahead of ourselves. Any other thoughts on this? No. 
I'm, I'm at a gonna, ten that they're gonna finish this. So. Oh, are you? I, I'm still at like a nine point nine now. No, so, past me. Testing came out. Testing result came out yesterday. That's still an important thing in this. Zero, zero positive tests. Yeah, it's working. As long as they can keep these guys sane, yeah. it'll continue to work. Obviously, right? Like, see, I think that it the integrity of the bubble is there right now. Right, and I think that it'll kind of sort itself out because right when guys would start to, I'd imagine, get really stir crazy with everything, it's going to be like the conference semifinals. Like yeah, they're going right. to be down to like eight teams or four teams. And then at that point, guys are just going to be so dialed into that. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, maybe I'm bored, but I'm also not going to, you know, do something dumb and risk, you know, whatever, Hello. like like what's happening with the Cleveland Indians and like Mike Clevenger and those guys. Like, I don't okay. think anyone's going to risk that. Jackasses. Um, yeah. Although when family comes, that'll be an interesting wrinkle. Where it's like, does your, does your wife sneak out at two to go get bread? Bacon? I don't know what you're yeah. going to get at two in the morning if you're not – Rebel rousing, but still. Um, all right, let's get into the Bruins. Uh, I would argue that no team uh, in the entire playoff system, even teams that got eliminated, looked worse than the Bruins in the playoff. I, I would agree. Uh, St. Louis, maybe. The Rangers, I guess, are the only two yeah, teams. The, that you could... the Rangers looked like they cared more. They just yeah, looked like they were being outplayed. Yeah. Uh, so it's either the Bruins or the Blues, which is an interesting case study in this entire thing, where it's the two teams that – looked better than anybody the entire season. Obviously, the two teams that played for the Stanley Cup uh, looked worse than anybody. I would say the Bruins looked worse than the Blues, though. I, I Yeah, I'm on record. They looked like the worst team there, which now, you know, they go 0-3. They scored four goals or whatever it was. They never uh, led. They never led. They never looked competitive, save for – like, they never carried play for more than, like, two minutes, it felt like. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Lightning game was the only time I thought that there were stretches where they looked like – the better team. Sure. But even uh, they kept things close against the Capitals, and I still thought they were thoroughly outplayed by one. Agreed. Um, so that begs the question, is this by design? Are the Bruins broken? Are they still rusty? What's the deal here? Well, I'm stopping short of saying that they're broken because we all know what's probably going to happen. So they're going to come out and completely wax the Hurricanes in game one and every narrative that we've talked about for the last – month will go flying right out the window but I do think they're if they were not you know foot fully down on the gas pedal and all this I think they're playing a dangerous game especially because of who they ended up running into and maybe I think Rob Brindamore said that any energy or momentum that they have from the way they played against the Rangers is probably stalled now because it's been a week I'm sure that might be true the Hurricanes, so whereas the Bruins looked like one of the worst teams during the entire qualifying round and round robin, I thought the Hurricanes looked like one of the best. And I would be very fearful if I were the Bruins, if I had just gone, you know, really lackadaisically through the round robin, and now I'm going to run into what feels almost like a buzzsaw, save for the goalie situation. I don't know. I I think that they're in kind of a precarious spot. I don't want to say – they keep harping on the fact that, you know, the, the round robin wasn't real game. You know, David Krejci said that it feels different because it's not a seven-game series. I'm sure they're right. They know better than we do, right? So you have to take their word for it to a degree. But at the same time, I also think that if they're expecting to just turn it on after the way they looked over the last week, they might be walking under ladders a little bit. 
if there was any team though that was gonna that knows the difference, it's the Bruins. Considering, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they've been, I they must have. Uh, well, especially now that like Pittsburgh's gone, they must have by far the most playoff experience of any team left, right? I would like, think so. Close. I would right? think like, so. Like what would even? Some of the Chicago Blackhawks. Sure, but you just look at like the the combination of Bergeron, Krejci, Marshawn, Trask, and Chara. It's, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, it's the million dollar question, right? Like, is this by design? I don't think it's by design. I think, so here's the thing. I think there's a, a timeline here, right? You go back to June where Bruce Cassidy completely downplayed the yeah. round robin games. So they go into it, not fully expecting it. And I think what happened or not fully expecting it to be important or a hundred percent. So they came into it and they got waxed by teams that not waxed, but everybody else took it more serious than they did. And I think at a certain point, what's that? I said, sure. Seen that way. Right. And so at a certain point, I think it becomes sort of like self-fulfilling and they're just like, well, all right, we're screwed now. So let's just kind of figure this out, get on the right track, improve every game. And then we'll just downplay it when we're done. And that's what they did, right? Marshawn comes out yesterday and says it felt like the preseason. He called it the preseason. Uh, and I think that all started with Cassidy, which might have been a misstep in hindsight. But it's only a misstep if they come out and look like crap right. against Carolina. And right? that's – that's I know some people are taking issue with the way that they responded to going 0-3 during all of this. It doesn't matter if they look good against the Hurricanes. Right. They will look like – freaking goofballs if they go and get dusted by Carolina. But if they, if they come out and win the first two games by a combined four goals, they look brilliant. <laughs> sure. Yeah, well, and it did seem like at a certain point, like after the Lightning game, I, I'd say the Capitals game, by and large, they looked careful. And it seemed to me at times that I was like, they're just trying to get yep. through this without getting hurt. They're just trying to get through this with having everybody available. If you're looking for – benefits too like or positives they did get better with every game they did um their, like, de- their defense in particular like the, the offense was what it was but like the defense looked like a disaster against philly and then by the time they were playing washington it looked a little bit more set up and stable which i think is also a product of the forwards getting their act together too sure like they, they had scoring chances uh because that's you know when they're playing best Defensively, it's everybody involved. Um, but I think the Fords started to get better scoring chances as it went on. They just couldn't bury it, which is like a frustrating tenant of Bruins hockey, it, it, you know, for the last 10, 20, or 15 years or whatever it has been. Like, there are times when they're going to carry play and they're not going to score because they lack the finishing touch. Um, and that's where you need a guy like Pasternak to really finally have one of these con Smythe like runs where he kind of puts them on the bat on their back. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. We get into a little bit more later. Um, so, yeah, I, a lot of – I mean, this is not a good answer when you're doing a podcast or trying to give your opinion, but a lot of it still depends on what they look like moving forward. And, again, Cassidy said Monday, like, the feeling in the room was different. And I don't know if that's confirmation bias. I don't know if that's him trying to speak it into existence. I don't know if that's a lie. I don't know if that's actually what it felt like. I, You know, it's hard to say. He better hope that it was exactly what it is, and that's what, how they look because – Again, if they get if they lose this first round series, I know everything is different when you're talking about the restart. But people, you want to talk about confirmation biases. People are going to say, you know, you guys weren't ready to go, and it cost you. So 
Well, they it is. It's a, they're playing with fire a little bit, but uh, you know they can make something beautiful out of that fire as well. Well, yeah, and they have exhausted a lot of excuses, right? So like they can't uh-huh. if they go and they lose this series, they can't turn around and say, "Well, Carolina already had a high intensity series. Yep. We had preseason games." I'm like, well, you had the opportunity to take those preseason games seriously, and it appears that you didn't. So it's oh. again slippery slope. We're kind of beating a dead horse here with that, but. It is the yeah, we are. of it at this point. Uh, concern level 1 to 10 if you're a Bruins fan. 10 being worse screwed. I'd be like a, a healthy 6. Yeah, I agree. Which is – Just because – purely because, like, you can understand the upside and acknowledge the upside as much as you want. You have not seen them play well enough. Exhibition right. included. You have seen them play four games in Toronto, and not a single one should make you feel particularly good Correct. about – them playing the Hurricanes right now. You know that, I mean, we saw it as recently as last year, that, like, the Bruins can play the Hurricanes well enough, but you have not seen anything remotely close to what you need to see in order to be at, like, a one or a two. That's the thing. I, I'm at a – I'm probably right there six or seven uh, because the results – you can throw the results out the window, but, like, what did the process look like? Yeah, I mean, you can throw the product out the window, but what does the process look like? process wasn't good either so you know it's one thing to lose four to three and you have a couple fixable defensive lapses here but they just didn't never looked good so all right uh let's get into the actual series here they play the the Bruins end up with the four seed uh taking on the number uh, five six six Pittsburgh was five Carolina right yes correct six seed uh Carolina Hurricanes uh Hurricanes yeah, a very solid team. That's all I – like, I don't know what else to say. There's not a lot of sizzle there, but there's plenty of substance. There's not. There's not a lot of sizzle there. And I think – I don't know. I'll out myself as a clown. I forgot how good Carolina can be. And they – So, you know, wait. I just want to say, though, I do think there's – and this is going to affect our preview of this. There's certainly some recency bias with, like, the Bruins probably aren't as bad as they looked, and the Hurricanes yeah, probably aren't as good as they looked. That is probably true. I, I would say that's true. And it's tough because we know that the Bruins have played them well. I mean, mm-hmm. they only played each other once this year, but if you go back to the most recent time before that, that we saw these two teams play, the Bruins absolutely boat raced Carolina. They dominated them. Yeah, yeah it, it really was not close. However, it, it's tough because how can you not judge things from recency bias, right? Because you do have to pretty much throw everything from the regular season out the window. Right, like we've already learned that you can't put too much credence into that. And what have we seen since they all got to Toronto? We've seen the Bruins lose three games and we see the Hurricanes win three. And I don't know. I and again, maybe they drop the puck and everything looks normal and the Bruins look fine enough, but who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I mean it a great take by us. Who knows? Is is pretty true. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm trying not to. I mean, we can go grouping by grouping here, but that is what a lot of this comes down to. Is it's like I, I, I will fully acknowledge the recency bias here, while also saying that like, what else are we supposed to go on right now? All right, well, let's do it real quick. Let's run through the the groupings like we did in our story for Nesson.com. Uh, we'll just do tail of tape, basically forward groupings. Who has the advantage here? So. I want to say the Bruins, but right now it's the Hurricanes. I think the Svechnikov-Aho-Taravainen line is the best line in the series right now. 
given the way that the Bruins' top line is played. Uh, and I, I think that makes a difference. I would say, too, I mean, the Niederreiter Trocek Nikas, or however you pronounce it, Marty's name, Nikas, um, his that top six is probably better than the Bruins right now because Debruska's been a disaster. You're still trying to figure out how Kasha fits in. And David Krejci's still you know, trying to put those pieces together as well and make things work. So in terms of top six, Carolina's looked better so far. Yeah, I'm putting a lot of stock into what I saw. I, I'm picking out the good stuff for the Bruins and projecting that forward. I think the third line, I think they found something there, uh, which is good because last year that was – and honestly, the third line might as well be the second line right now. I looked sure. up, Arlie Coyle averaged 20 minutes per game in the round-robin game. So, like, I think – whatever. That's the second, third line. Doesn't matter. Uh, Kasha looked good. Very limited. I did, I did like Kasha. So, like, if Kasha looks good, if that third line looks good – I mean, Richie played okay. Uh, you know, if they can get something even resembling production there, the fourth line, they have a clear advantage. I think the Bruins do. And if the first line shows – and he's, a lot of ifs here – but I do think that I'm I'm banking on the potential. I'm banking on the Bruins figuring it out. I, I'm putting a lot of stock in that, so I give the Bruins the, the advantage there. Uh, defensively, the decor, who do you like? So I like the Bruins overall. Um, I So it looks like Dougie Hamilton is probably going to be back. That's obviously big because I do think right now, overall, the Jacob Slave and Dougie Hamilton pairing is the best one in the series. Agreed. Top to bottom, though, I'll take the Bruins. Like, I, I think Brady Shea has some holes in his game. I think that there's a reason that the Rangers parted with him as easily as they did. Um, and Ironically. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, Brady Shea played his ass off against the Rangers. He so. sure did. Uh, revenge series. Yeah. But, you know, and when you get down to the lower pairings, too, like Jake Gardner, I don't think, got a fair shake from the Maple Leafs fan base at the end there. But – the Bruins have so much depth. Like, they're going to be scratching John Moore, Clifton, or Lozon, two of those guys every game. And those are legitimate third-pairing, low-end, second-pairing NHL defensemen. Like, I think if you're going from the overall product, then the Bruins have the advantage. I, uh, I had Carolina here. Um, I know you did. The Sammy Votnin acquisition was a good one. Yeah, it was a good pickup. Uh, I, yeah, I like Shea more than you do, I guess. And he – Last time I saw him, he looked good. Like, he had a pretty good series against the, the Rangers. Jake Gardner, if he can, you know, maybe getting away from TD Garden fixes Jake Gardner's okay. ruin issue. You know, uh, he was the only guy that played in the game sevens for 13, 18, and 19, right, with Toronto. Yeah. He, the only one, because Kadri kept getting suspended. And he's, he's got a lot, of, uh, a lot of demons from those series as well. He did not look <laughs> good. Um, but obviously, that, yeah, to your, I agree with you. The top pairing is the best one in the series. And I look at the Bruins, and sure, they looked better as the series went on defensively. But like, I got I got big time question marks about Zanochar. and I haven't liked what I've seen from him. <laughs> and I maybe it's again, maybe it's like a it's an older car, you know. And it it takes you a little bit while to get it going, but once you get it going, it's it you know, all right, here we go. Like it's uh, you just gotta gotta add a little oil, a little grease. Uh, but then once it gets back up, you're like, oh yeah, old old reliable. Um, well, that goes back to us not knowing anything that's going to happen. Because for all we know, I mean, we're recording this. At, right now, it's 921 on Tuesday morning. In 12 hours, Zdeno Chara could be in the middle of his 20th shift in the second period. Right. And he'll be absolutely shutting down the Ajo line. 
And but I just, like, oh, yeah. he looks fine. But during the round robin, you didn't – there were times where he looked lost against the cap. What was it, the Oshie play? Was it yes. Oshie who scored that goal? Just, where Oshie just rolled right off him. Abused him, yeah. yeah. Uh, Charlie McAvoy didn't look great either. Maybe that's a byproduct of having to carry Chara's load as well. I don't know. Um, I've, I've been encouraged by McAvoy. I thought there have been stretches sure, during the I, round robin where he, where he looked like he was carrying that pairing. Fine. So maybe he is being weighed down. He might down be a overworked a little yeah. bit. Um, but then fine. This Make this be the playoffs that you look like an $8 million defenseman. You right. know what I mean? Like at some point it has to happen. And now would be a good time for it to happen if, it, you know, if you're the Bruins. I do um, wonder, quick aside, I do wonder if at some point we might get Chara Carlo and then Krug sure. McAvoy. Because I think there are a couple of times during the Lightning well, game where Krug and, and Krug and McAvoy were out there together and they it looked pretty good and you know if McAvoy's gonna shoot more there's a good bit of offensive firepower from the blue line there so maybe you try and mix it up a little bit more Carlo in terms of stay at home will probably help Chara a bit in that regard so maybe that's the approach I don't know the problem with that though is Carolina's forecheck like yeah when they're going yeah, up, having Char and Carlo back there. Could right. Be yeah. It, and that's where one thing, you know, the Bruins theoretically should be able to handle that because they have really, if, if you go with the D pairings that they have right now, you have somebody on each pairing that can move the puck pretty well. Right. Again, like that was when Grizzly got hurt in the Stanley cup final last year, that was a big loss because of, you know, they, you know, St. Louis was able to apply even more pressure. So right. something to keep in mind there. I don't know. Uh, goaltending, we don't even really have to go over, right? I mean, it's the no, Bruins. it's the Bruins. Yeah, because yeah, oh, we should mention though, uh, Carolina doesn't have a starting goalie. It's either going to be Peter Mrazek or James Reimer. And you know, Brenda Moore said Monday we make that decision the night before, but both are going to play at some point in the series. Both played against New York. I don't know. I like it's. I feel like I wrote this in our pre- uh, preview. It's kind of like the quarterback thing, where if you have two, you don't have any. Um, yeah. If you got two goalies, you don't have any. They went through that last year. Yeah, it, it exactly. kept going back and forth between Morazic and McElhenney. Again, I think that was very well put. If you have two, you don't have one. Right, and I do think, like, I, you know, the two best goalies in this series are Tuka Rask and Yaroslav Halak. Right. So. It, would take, it would take an utter meltdown from the Bruins goaltending. And if you are a firm believer that goaltending wins playoff series, then it's hard to pick against the Bruins. I know we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but I would think that it would take – Bruce Cassidy would not let Tuka Rask get so bad that it cost them the series. Yep, I agree. Especially with how much he clearly trusts Halak. Right. Uh, special teams, I think, is probably a wash. Um, I would say Carolina has the advantage right now with the way the Bruins looked in the round robin, but the numbers are pretty comparable. I think this series, you want to talk, you know, we did X factors regarding we all picked players. I think, really, and I mean, this could be any series, but special teams will decide the series, right? Like, Probably. You know, uh, I'm looking up right now. Bruins power play second. Uh, Carolina's penalty kill fourth. Uh, yeah. Bruin, or Carolina's power play eighth. Bruins penalty kill third in the regular season. So, like, top ten on both sides of it. So, whoever can break through there, I think, ends up winning the series. Yeah, I, I think that's a very fair take. Um, do we have anything – do you do, – read the story for our X-Factors – um let's just get into series predictions I guess here who do you got so the hot taker in me wants to say either way it's going to be a sweep yeah because we've seen it so far on either end but because I'm a coward 
I'm taking Bruins in seven. But I think it's going to be a good series. I, I just – for as much as I just bagged on the Bruins over the last half an hour or however long it's been, I have such a hard time believing that they are as bad as they looked in the round robin. Like, I just – nothing leads me to believe that that's what they actually are if you're taking into account the personnel that they have there. So, I don't think it will be as lopsided as it was when they met last year in the playoffs. So, I'll, I'll take Bruins in seven. To completely couch this take, nothing would surprise me. But we'll go Bruins in seven. I also have the Bruins in seven. I think it comes down to goaltending. Uh, you know. We just talked about that, how big of an advantage the Bruins seemingly have. Um, I do think there are going to be times in this series, and it could happen as early as tonight, where or game one, game two, whatever, that the Bruins are going to get frustrated. And they're, it's going to look bad because I think Tampa, or excuse me, Carolina has the ability to you know, put down the clamps, play a really disciplined stocky. Just like it's almost like Columbus – but with skill where it's going to look, it's just going to be frustrating. And that's, you're not going to have the opportunities and the way the Bruins uh, finished in, in the round robin doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence, but I have to think over a seven game series where they know their backs are against the wall. And I have no reason to believe that they don't want this. They figure it out. Yeah. And they're going to look like the better team for more of the series, in my opinion, because they are the better team. The leadership void – or the leadership void, maybe that's uh, – <laughs> uh, the leadership group will, I have to imagine, unless for some reason Patrice Bergeron, Zeno Char, et cetera, don't want to be there. I have no reason to believe that. At some point they say, guys, we didn't – we're not doing this restart to get bounced in the first round by Carolina. Uh, so I think they figured it out at a certain point. And, again, it only takes one or two of those lines. They don't need all four rolling. I think they have enough talent especially in the top three lines to, to kind of carry play for a series. So I think they figure it out. And I think at the end of the day, you get a little bit of, you know, Rask stealing a game or two in the series and they, yeah. they get there. I haven't been seven. I think it's going, like I said, it's going to be very frustrating for the Bruins at times, but I think they, they, they just find a way. I get that's a lame cliche, but I just think it's, they have a, they're better suited to, to kind of get through this than anybody else. Well, I think for all the Bruins shortcomings too, their goaltending, it's just so much better than Carolina's. Yeah. And like, I think last year I'm doing this off the top of my head. I think it was 14 points that the top line combined for against Carolina. Like they know how to play against them. And uh, the hurricanes are the same problem that kind of sank them last year is still there today. And it's the goaltending. And so, you know, Curtis or uh, James Reimer isn't much of an upgrade over Curtis McElhenney. So really how much further did they get in that regard? And so, and, and I thought for the most part, I mean, we, we didn't really touch on it, but I thought Tuka Rask looked mostly fine during yeah. the round robin. And, and Halak, you know, wasn't his greatest effort against the Flyers, but also at the same time, like, he didn't get a whole lot of help, right? So... I just the the gulf between the goaltending on each team seems to be so vast that it's hard to pick against the Bruins when it seems like good goaltending and teams that have legitimate goaltending tandems where they can play either guy with complete comfort that's been winning out over the last few years. So I don't know. It, it is hard to pick against the Bruins. Any other thoughts on the playoffs in general? Any 
I mean, we don't really need it. I mean, we're not going to get it. I don't have any predictions. I haven't really dug into it. This thing moves fast. All of a sudden. It, it does. Yeah. Yeah, I woke up today. I was like, crap, I have so much stuff to do. This, <laughs> this all starts today. Yeah. Um, yeah, there were some surprises in that. I mean, obviously, the fact that Montreal and Chicago made it through has to be, like, the big takeaway from that. So, that'll be interesting to kind of if pay Mon- if, huh? Montre- if Montreal ends up getting – just pummeled by the Flyers. They are going to have to be pissed that they weren't part of the NHL draft lottery. Yeah. I actually, I, for a second last night, the draft lottery is going on, and I, I saw – I wasn't watching live, but I saw the results on Twitter, and I, I honestly scrolled through looking for – I was like, where the hell is Montreal? I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's right. They're, they're, <laughs> they're still, still in Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was weird. But – um. Yeah, uh, that that's a good point. But I think they've they've got a puncher's chance against Philly. Sure, I, I nothing surprises me at this point. I kind of geared myself up for that during the qualifying round, and it only was validated. So for now, I'm not going to let anything throw me off at this point. Ironically, uh, I used to be surprised. Ironically, I heard people say, you know, the Bruins are going to screw themselves by falling to four and then having to play. Uh, Washington and Tampa to get to the Stanley Cup final. Ironically, the way the cookie crumbles, the Bruins, of all the top seeds win, the Bruins played Philly next round and not uh, – and then Carolina and Tampa – or excuse me, Washington and Tampa have to duke it out. So yeah. uh, it might have fallen right for the Bruins. Who knows? Stroke of genius by Bruce Casting and company. So. Yeah. Uh, I have nothing else. Do you, Logan? No. Let's get okay. out of here. It has been a, a blast and a pleasure. Uh, we'll be back again. Probably the way the schedule works out. Well, next week, we'll we'll see. It'll either be a Game 7 preview or it'll be a, a moving on or it'll be a, a what went wrong for the 2020 Bruins. So Again, nothing will surprise you. No, I mean, yeah. yeah so. All right. Uh, I'm Mike. That's Logan. Uh, this has been the Nesson Bruins Podcast. We will catch you again next week. See you. Thank you.